0: All right, so we're going to be talking today um, about the Ten Commandments, and we're going to be in Exodus chapter 20, and as always, there is a UVersion Bible app event for this. You can follow along on that if you would like to, all right? So I think most of you know that in March of this past year, my brother Glenn died with COVID-19, and uh, many of you have experienced the same kind of thing, and we share sympathy for one another and toward one another. I want to tell you about one of my favorite memories with my brother Glenn. My good memories with Glenn came from my childhood. He was 15 years older than I was, and uh, I was always tagging along behind him. And his idea of adventure was hunting, which he didn't allow me to tag along with, or taking on some kind of project. And so that might include baling hay, that might include repairing the hydraulics on an old plow. It might include replacing the head on a John Deere A tractor or it might include tearing down that McCormick 45 hay baler for the hundredth time, you know? Those were adventures to Glenn and he, he loved those things. And probably at, what, eight to ten years of age, I was always tagging along and I was always in his way. His favorite line was, Steve, you're more of a hindrance than a help. But... <laughs> Over and over again, Glenn would call the house, and he'd say to mom, who always answered the phone, hey, send Steve down here, I'm working on whatever. Working on a furnace, working on a hot water tank, working on a lawnmower, and off I'd go. More hindrance than a help, but a little boy on a journey, and on an adventure. One of those adventures was regarding a kitchen stove that has having a problem with the pilot light. And I can remember how tall I was. I was tall enough that my head could just see it. So my head's right there. And before you worry, nothing blew up, okay? But my little red head, red-headed head, (laughs) was right there watching. And he was working on that. And finally he got that pilot to sail it. And here's what I said. Listen carefully. I said, good. But that is not what Glenn heard. Glenn heard, God. Hmm. And when he heard that, he reprimanded me. Steve, don't take the Lord's name in vain. I don't want to hear you doing that again. I didn't, Glenn. I said, good. Yeah, (laughs) nice try. I heard what you said, and I know what you said. And he gave me a good, long talking to. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Now, it bothered me until the day he died, that he thought that I took the Lord's name in vain. Because while I have done that, I wasn't doing that when I was eight years old, right? But I appreciated, and do appreciate, even to this day, his heart of correction. We're covering some Bible stories. We happen to be going through the Ten Commandments, and you already know which one we're going to talk about today. If your Bible's open to Exodus 20 and verse 7, you can read along as the NIV text says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. The King James said, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And you could say it in three words if you wanted to. Just honor God's name. That's it. Honor God's name. What is God's name? Well, he has a lot of names. <laughs> There are a lot of names, and this isn't a sermon on all the names of God, although that would be a cool sermon series to have. That's not what this sermon is. It's not part of that. I am going to talk about three different names of God, and just, but but my purpose isn't to tell you what those names mean. It is to use those three names to explain to you why we need to honor God's word. I'm sorry, God's name, why we need to honor his name. If you want to, you can go back a little bit to Exodus uh, chapter 3, that's where we're going to be reading in a moment. And as you're turning there, I'll just mention to you that occasionally you'll bump into a sidewalk theologian, you know what that is? We're all a little bit of that, right? Who who will say something like this, you know, God doesn't even have a name. What's up with that? G-O-D, that's a noun. It's not even a proper noun. That's not a name. So God doesn't even have a name. And I can remember one of the lesser known songs of 50 years ago or so asked this question rhetorically. It said, why do the people have such a will to believe in something and call it the name they choose, having chosen nothing? And I had a buddy in high school, and he and I read that, listened to that song, and we were like, oh, that's so profound. And what it really showed was a profound lack of understanding concerning the Scripture and God. Because God has several names in Scripture, and none of them are nothing. Nothing. God's names are actually there to reveal who he is so we can better understand him, to reveal his nature. So I want to begin with just a couple of them. How about we begin with the name I Am? And that's the name that God revealed to Moses. You know the story. God calls Moses to deliver his people, the Israelites, from Egypt. And if you turn back to Exodus 3, in verse 13, we read, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me. Now, that reveals a lot about God, I am. And we could spend a lot of time talking about it. I just want to say that that name gives us sort of a glimpse of, Of his absolute eternality. It's not I was. It's not maybe I'll be later. It's not I think I am right now. It is I am in all times for all generations, for all of eternity. It speaks of his unquestioned independence. I am whether you are or not. I am. It speaks as well of his complete otherness. I am who I am. I'm not you. I'm not the cosmos. I'm not part of you. I am completely separate. I am. And we honor the name of God because it reveals his nature. Let's take another name of God. Let's talk about Elohim. You know, Elohim is the first name in the Bible. And it refers to God. It's in that opening verse of Genesis 1 where it says, In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. Elohim. As I said, that that word is rich with meaning and can be understood in a number of ways. Some of those would be speaking of God's primacy or his primacy. I don't know how to pronounce it because these days all my learning comes from reading and I'm not good at the pronunciation thing. But what it means is he's first. He's actually before first. He is before all creation. He is the unmoved mover. He is the one who started everything else. That word Elohim contains within it the idea of unmatched creativity and ability. He alone can make something out of absolutely nothing. And it speaks of his power, his position and his power over all creation, the strong one. We honor his name because it reveals his nature. How about one more name? This one, Jesus The scripture tells us that Jesus is God in flesh, incarnate. And if you know the Christmas story, you know where that name came from. Before Jesus was born, the angel comes to her fiance, Joseph. He's talking about Mary, and in Matthew 1.21, he says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, you can be sure it wasn't the angels' idea. The angels didn't have this little meeting and say, hey, what do you think that we ought to call that? Let's run down there and tell Joseph to give him this name. Not at all. That name would have been given by Jesus himself. And the reason that name is chosen is because that name Jesus or Yeshua refers to the Lord's salvation, the Lord saves. Think about this for a moment. Have you ever heard anyone use that name carelessly? Or take that name in vain. Of course you have. You can't exist in our society without running into that. Think for a minute about how crazy it is to use a name that says, the Lord saves, as a curse expression. It's just bizarre that one would do that. And we don't want to do that. We want to honor the name of the Lord because it reveals what? His nature. Even the word God is a word that as we understand it should be reverence. And when I said, if I had said, whew, God, then my brother was absolutely justified in calling me out on it. But I didn't, <laughs> right? Let's talk about, though, how we misuse the name of God. And you might be thinking, well, Pastor Steve, I, I never misuse the name of God. Stay tuned, okay? Stay tuned. We misuse the name of God when we treat it casually. I don't know why this story sticks with me, but it sticks with me from a long time ago. I was reading a book about the ancient Egyptians. And the ancient Egyptians, when, when they referred to Pharaoh, maybe not every time, but quite frequently, they added three words after they said Pharaoh. Those three words, again, I don't speak Egyptians, but those three words, as far as I can pronounce them, are ankh, wedja, seneb. I know them in English. They are life, prosperity, health. So when they would say Pharaoh, life, prosperity, health, they would add those three words. You might find it like this. They might be writing something down, and they would say, we use this ship to transport goods for the people of Pharaoh, life, prosperity, health, so they may be enjoyed by those afar off. See how they plop that in there? maybe like this. From the war chest of Pharaoh, life, prosperity, health. We collect weapons for our journey. Extra words. Why did they do that? I mean, think about it. Sometimes when they're writing that down, they're carving with a chisel to write that down. Other times when they're writing that down, they're not using a big pen. They're actually writing it down. They, they don't have Google speech to text where they can say, hey, Google, send a text to my son and ask him if he's watching TV. or the, You know, you can't do that back then. It's hard work to write three extra words. Why are they doing that? Because they want to honor the name of their king. It's a matter of honor. We're actually warned against failing to do this. We're warned against not showing respect in passages like Deuteronomy 28, where in verse 50 it says, if you do not revere this glorious and awesome name of the Lord your God. The Lord will send fearful plagues on you and your descendants, harsh and prolonged disasters, and severe lingering illness. Well, I guess God's pretty serious about this third commandment. He's serious about all of them. That is why most Christians try to avoid profanity. So profanity is taking something that is good and dragging it through the mud. It's taking something that is holy and making it unholy or treating it as though it was unholy. Vulgarity is those bad words that we say are vulgar, but profanity almost always has to do with God and his name. Okay? So swearing in God's name, cursing, taking his name in vain, misusing it. Those are things we choose to avoid as believers. Let me explain to you why this is bad. And we've touched on this before. When I was at the university, as a freshman, my roommates and I found ourselves swearing all too frequently. We're all away from home and, you know, I was no exception, I would just swear a whole lot. Christmas break was coming and I knew that I needed to quit doing that because if I did that around my dad, it wouldn't just be a talking to. (laughs) I was a college student so he wouldn't spank me but I didn't want to face whatever it would be, right? Yeah. So we were talking as roommates and we agreed, hey, we need to cut this out. How are we going to do this? And what we did is we invented substitute words. You can guess the substitute words. I got trash all over my shoes. It smells like trash in here. You got one of them already, don't you? Yeah, and if you don't, man, you are really holy, but I got it right away. Yeah, yeah. The creativity (laughs) that we used was nothing short of legendary, at least in our freshman minds, right? One time, we, we would make up those replacement words sometimes spontaneously on the fly, and that could be kind of entertaining. So one time we were playing a game of foosball. We had a table right in our dorm, and my lifelong friend and cousin, who was one of my roommates, scored a goal on me, and I wanted to curse. That's what I would normally do, throw out some profanity. But instead of yelling the name of the Lord... I screamed out the name of a distant cousin as though her name were the curse word, okay? And so playing foosball, bam, Susan Marie Smith, just like that, right? <laughs> well, Terry laughed so hard that he backed up, hit the wall and fell down onto the floor. It was just a very humorous moment for all of us there. We loved it and it makes a great story, but you wanna know something? We never told Susan, not her real name, that story. Do you know why we never told Susan that story? Because I'm guessing that if she knew that her name was being used as a common curse, it would upset her. It upsets God too. Get it? It makes a lot of sense if you think about it. He's not amused when his name is made into a curse word. Well, Pastor Steve, what about oh my God? I mean, everybody says that. Oh my God. Everybody says that. So that's okay, right? It is if you're praying. (laughs) In Psalm 25, in the very first verse, it says, oh my God, I trust in thee. So by all means, if you're talking to God, that's perfectly appropriate. But if you're saying, oh my God, because of how delighted you are by the dress that your BFF is wearing today, you might want to revisit this commandment. Yeah. And sometimes you see it in text, or on social media, um, <laughs> you see the abbreviation OMG. Has, have you ever seen that? OMG, right? And I figure if it's a Christ follower that's doing that, probably what they mean is outlaw motorcycle gang. <laughs> or maybe they mean off my grass. I'm not sure what they mean, but I know they're not saying, oh my God, because they wouldn't do that, right? We don't, we don't misuse the name of the Lord. There are other ways though, besides treating his name casually, that you can misuse it. And one of those other ways is by incorrectly Attributing something to him. Kind of like back in the day when someone would say, well, you know, God says you're not supposed to go to movies. Really? I don't think he said that. (laughs) The same brother that we were fixing a stove, one time he says, you know, it says right in the Bible, thou shalt not drink the fermented fruit of the vine. And I looked, I said, where does it say that? I don't know, but it's in there. No, it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. No, it's not. I hate it when people do this to me. One time, before I came to Kerbinsville, I was called upon to do a funeral for a stranger. I think they thought I was someone else. I went and I did the funeral, and then a couple years later, another family member died. They called me again and said, hey, would you do a funeral for this second person in our family who died? And I said, yeah, I'd be glad to. And they said, listen, one of the family members asked, don't talk about hell this time. Okay, so I was stunned. I was stunned because... I don't think I have ever talked about hell in a funeral. I don't know why I would. I don't see how that would be profitable. In fact, I feel it would be very out of place. I believe in hell, and you've heard me talk about hell. But in a funeral service? Nah. But I wasn't just stunned. I was angry. Because I had been misrepresented in that family for two years. And that just makes me angry when someone incorrectly attributes something to me that doesn't belong to my name. Makes God angry, too. He doesn't want that. A lot of times this happens with the God-told-me stuff, right? God told me that you should be a missionary. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this. Hey, Pastor, I feel like God wants you to preach a a sermon on modesty. (laughs) Somebody thinks some of the girls' dresses are just too short. I guess. That hasn't happened to me probably in 10 years, but it used to happen to me a lot. I've been told, hey, Pastor Steve, I feel like God wants you to preach a sermon on OMG, Off my grass? Give me a break, man. Why would I preach a sermon on that, right? Hey, God told me you should marry me. That's a classic line in freshman classes at Christian colleges around the world, right? I don't want to ever attribute to God something that doesn't belong to his name. And I don't know, you guys have known me a long time. You can probably count on one hand how many times you've heard me say, God told me to tell you this. I'm just frankly afraid to do it. Here's a third way we dishonor God's name. By the life we live that reflects poorly on him. You know, if people know that you're a Christian and everything you do speaks to the name of God, and it's very easy for us to drag his name through the mud. But when you live well, when you live with honesty and with integrity and with self-sacrifice and with character and humility and dignity, you honor the name that people know you by, the name of God. Can I just offer you a filter, maybe a test? It would be this. Anything that treats God's name casually is subject to review. Whether it's your behavior or your language. And if you're looking like, I don't know what subject to review is, think the NFL. I'm not sure that call was right. Let's have a review on that. Subject to review. You know, the ancient Jews, and even today Jews, when they, when they spell God's name, quite frequently, they won't spell it. If you've read Jewish literature, sometimes you'll see a G and then a blank, a dash, and then a D, even when they want to say God because they they want to revere and honor his name and not dishonor it. And they're afraid if I write that on paper and somebody burns it, then that was just honoring to God. So they're that way. I'm not saying we should be that way. I'm not saying we should be that way. I'm just suggesting that we need to resist using God's name without a sense of reverence. I'm suggesting that we honor God's name. And you can do that a number of ways. One way you can do that is simply to love it. Simply to love it. We, we sing about that in, in music that we do. Um, there's an old, old Gaither tune. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Uh, we, we sang a song last week. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Jesus. The love we have for Jesus' name is a love that would never want to show it dishonor. The love we have for Jesus' name is a love that reveres who he is personally and, and and his identity as the Son of God. It's a love, the love we have for Jesus' name, that that is thankful for what he has done in going to the cross and redeeming us, paying the penalty for our sins. The love we have for Jesus' name is a love that looks joyfully to seeing him in person when he will wipe every tear from our eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or longing or pain. I love the name of Jesus because I so look forward to that. I want to honor it. You honor it as you love it and you honor it, the scripture says, by trusting it. Some trust in chariots and horses, Psalm 20 verse 7 says, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Trust in the name of the Lord our God. You know, there's probably, there's probably little that is more insulting to say to someone than, I don't trust you. Yeah, I've had that sentence said to me in my life. Maybe you have as well. I've had it said to me when it was not deserved and I'll be honest, I've had it said to me when it was deserved. I don't blame you for not trusting me. I didn't like it in either case. (laughs) But I liked it less when it was not deserved and it is never deserved for God. He is always trustworthy. And when you trust him, you honor him. If you give me the keys to your home, that's honor that I have the keys to your home. And I need to treat that responsibly. Someone trusts you with their username and password. They're showing you honor, that you are trustworthy in their life. And and that's an honor for you. Someone trusts you with their children. Keep an eye on my kids for a while. That's an honor they're giving you. And when we trust in God in his name, we show him honor. God, I am not going to panic here. I have good reasons to panic were it not for you. I trust in your name. I trust in your name. And he's honored as we do that. We honor God's name when we call on his name. Are you in need? Call on the name of the Lord. Are you in trouble? Call on the name of the Lord. Would you like to be forgiven for your sin? Do you need to be saved? Call on the name of the Lord for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you want salvation, if you want Jesus, Yeshua, to be The Lord saves me, me, and call on his name. God, I know I've sinned. I call on your name. Please forgive me for sins, save me from sin's penalty. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I I turn from my sin to him. Please forgive me. Please give me eternal life. You honor God's name when you call on his name. And you honor God's name by proclaiming it. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 3 says, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. And and uh, Scripture says that many, many, many places. Proclaim the name of the Lord. You know, it doesn't happen often, but occasionally this happens, that Someone becomes a Christian. They call on the name of the Lord, and they experience his presence, his forgiveness. And they go tell a friend, someone they've known for a period of time, and they say, you know what happened to me? You're not going to believe this. Pastor Steve's preaching this message, and he throws this thing in the middle of it. God, I know I've sinned. I call on your name. Please save me from sin penalty. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I turn from my sin to him. Please forgive me. Please give me eternal life. And something happened in my life when I read that. and, And I'm a follower of Christ now. Sometimes you tell your, somebody tells their neighbor that and the neighbor says, that's so cool. I've been a Christian for years. And my question is, how did I not know that? What are you, an undercover Christian? Are you a a Christian on the sly? Uh, Maybe if you're living in the Middle East somewhere, you might want to keep a low, that low key, but come on. Now That doesn't mean you go out and, you know, get a PA system and just start at it in downtown Clearfield, right? I don't even think it means littering your Facebook with, you're going to die and split hell wide open if you don't repent. I don't think it means that either. I think in our generation, in our day and age, proclaiming the name of the Lord is just telling people what he means to you and how good it is to follow him and how freeing it is to be free in him. And how wonderful it is to be able to trust in him, to honor God's name, proclaim his name, and of course, honor his name, live his name. And whatever you do, says Colossians 3.17, whether it's what you say in word or what you do in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That means whatever I do must be done in the name of the Lord. It means I listen as he would have me to listen, whether it's to my wife or someone on the phone or a friend who's going through a hard time. It means I behave as he would behave and he would have me to behave. It means I speak the way he would want me to speak and the things he would want me to speak. It means in all things, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, You do it to the glory of God. It's honestly a pretty solid order, isn't it? I mean, pretty much we think this commandment's just okay, just don't say OMG unless you mean oh my grass, and you're in good shape. It's a pretty easy commandment to keep. Off my grass, is that what it is? I really like that. Wouldn't it be cool if we could bring that in as an expression? Off my grass, that's a beautiful dress you have. it's a pretty solid order though when you think about all we've covered here right and you may feel like I don't know that I can ever do this I don't think I'm strong enough to do this good job you're not none of us are but greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world and the spirit of God who if you have called out to the name of the Lord to be saved his Holy Spirit lives within you and he can empower you to whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it to honor the name of the Lord. I want to pray that that would be happening in my life and in yours. If you're comfortable doing so, would you please stand and we'll pray this way together. Let's pray. God, we praise your name. You are an awesome God, the Lord Almighty. We love your name, Jesus, Savior. We trust your name. We trust you to forgive our sins because of Jesus' death for us. We trust you to be at work in our hearts in the name of Jesus. We call on you this morning to forgive, to heal, to strengthen, to empower, to enable us to do that which you would call us to do. We will proclaim your great name to those around us. Help us to be good witnesses of your name. We want to live our lives in your name. May all we do, the way we think, the way we act, the way we live, the way we love, honor your name, because it is in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. I'm hurting and broken within.